0: Ugh.
1: what's the sequel to Wedding Crash because apparently the, the writer of it has an idea oh, for a sequel oh, uh, it's, it happening.
0: it's happening apparently oh god I, if you ask me what the opinion should be it should be called Pass the Crash and like it's a Passing the Torch movie you get like three new guys because Will Ferrell you need to involve more this time because he's kind of one of the best parts of that movie I mean, I mean, I don't know what more you want. Like, I mean, like I've just made you a hundred million dollars.
1: That's true.
0: It's oh true. wow! I'm back in this movie with Vince Vaughn. Wow.
1: I'm just imagining like wedding crashers, but like it's like a whole like wedding crashers like industry, where they get like paid to crash weddings.
0: So like that's the business they open up.
1: Yeah. Also, they get me too like immediately. <coughs> they just, it has to. <laughs> Oh wow! I'm getting me would I'm being pulled up in front of Congress. Oh wow! Like they get yeah. No, they have to testify <coughs> the whole Weinstein stuff. Oh wow,
0: my de- oh wow, my buddy John Beckworth's doing three to five in Leavenworth. Oh wow! <laughs> Thought we could have had something here, John Beckworth, but. Now you're being sexually assaulted in Leavenworth for breaking my daughter's heart. That would be the twist. Is like he gets revenge on them. Like it was actually like he did want her to marry Bradley Cooper. I'll say this: Wedding Crashers is a fun fucking movie.
1: I I, I don't think it holds up.
0: Uh, it does. It doesn't in a lot of ways. But like, there are things in it that are so unabashedly funny, like for the wrong reason. Like, yeah, I mean, that
1: movie uh, like, really like, is... Oh, yeah, like it is. 2006. Oh,
0: oh, for sure. It is, like, the apex of 2006, if you will look at it. That is the only movie, Tyler. Actually, fun fact about Wedding Crashers is the only movie that was started in 10, which was the biggest theater at the Riverside, went to 12, went to 1, went to 4, went to 9, and went back to 10. It kept doing business so consistently.
1: There was a period where every year there was, like, an indie... Or, like, smaller budget comedy that, like, oh, just yeah. became the zeitgeist for, like, after Dodgeball, specifically. I think like it 40-year-old, year actually.
0: I think 40-year-old was the huge thing to kind of kick it off.
1: I think Dodgeball's right before it. I think Dodgeball's was 2004. Was Dodgeball
0: successful? I got Dodgeball on um on cable. I never went to see it in the theaters.
1: Well, I just remember, like, from, like, the schoolyard.
0: By the way. Like being want, like a kid. By the way, you want to talk about a movie I unabashedly love? Dodgeball.
1: Well, good news, Ben.
0: Uh-oh. Wink, wink. You've made me so happy. (laughs) So happy. As as the uh, text message I sent to someone this week, it just went from six to midnight. When the final reel is spun And the credits have been run You can count on the wisdom of these two white guys talking film. Just two white guys talking film. Welcome, everybody, to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it, from riverboats that are searched with the most respect in the world to a place where people meld their flesh together with a fly. I watched it while I was eating breakfast. That was a big mistake. This is Two White Guys Talking Film. I'm, of course, your host, Ben. And I'm Tyler. Uh, How are you?
1: (coughs) I'm doing fine. I'm very tired. Work has been exhausting. Don't ever open after closing. It's my tip to all the youngsters out there. Bad choice, don't do it.
0: Well... This week we are tackling remakes of movies that we think are better.
1: That you think are better.
0: That I think are better. Yeah. Well, that's
1: not... one's a remake. The other one is an adaptation. We'll get into it.
0: Okay. Okay. You know, calm down. Okay. You've been doing this a lot lately. First you started with thirty nine. Now you're now you're getting all pissy about this. Like <laughs> you, you calm down. Okay. We don't have the same standards we did at the other place. The other place burned. This place is thriving.
1: Why are you booing me? I'm right.
0: We're doing one cus- we're doing one customer a day. We're selling out a packed studio. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We'll be with you in a second, sir. We need to tell him what the best thing he needs to see this week is.
1: Oh, uh, good question. Okay, the best thing I saw this week uh, was Existence, but we already did an episode on God
0: that. God damn it! So I knew it. Oh. I-
1: <laughs> we'll be talking about that instead. I will be talking about. Uh, do you want the arty movie, like the art foreign house, ha- like foreign art house movie, or do you want the American independently made art house movie from the seventies?
0: Seventies.
1: Okay, I watched the uh, Killing of a Chinese Boogie by John Cassavetes. Let me tell you, it's definitely a Cassavetes film.
0: Yeah, in watching, what did I, what did I talk about the other week for the best thing I saw? Shadows. He has a very distinct style where you're like, oh, this is a Cassavetes movie, isn't it?
1: <laughs> you can walk into so, a room not Sometimes anything to anything
0: his and detriment like, and sometimes to his success. It really depends. Yeah. Like, I, it all depends on how, like, seriously, like, if you just had to yell at your dog for just boot scooting all over the new couch, like, this didn't happen. I'm just using this as an example. And, like, you just were like, look, I'm just going to yell at her, like, and tell her, like, that she's wrong and all that sort of thing. Like, you just destroyed my new couch. That's sometimes Cassavetes. There are other times where that dog is laying on you fast asleep. And you're like, oh, good Cassavetes. That's my biggest problem with Cassavetes, I think, as a whole.
1: I think my problem with Cassavetes is when he misses, he makes a movie that is very easy for me to fall asleep during. Which is what happened with the killing of a Chinese bookie. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means I'm vibing so hard that I'm just willing to like go to sleep for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's good. I'm definitely gonna have to rewatch it because, like I said, fell asleep during it. But I watched the director's cut, which is about 30 minutes shorter than the theatrical cut. I'm interested to see. Oh, that's what,
0: right. It is shorter, isn't it?
1: I'm interested to see what the theatrical cut is because I'm assuming it's going to be looser and a little bit more Casavetti zy. Just, just like a lot of improvisation, a lot of loose scenes. Um, but I don't know. I think it's pretty good for what for what I for what it's worth. I think it's definitely very clearly like Cassavetti's at his most self-reflective because it's about a man who like all he wants to do is do his little art thing like run his little his little cabaret act, his little nightclub and is forced to do some dirty work because like capitalism is bad like it's like I'm like yeah that's Cassavetes yelling about the studio system and not being able to just make what he wants to make and having to, like, capitulate to a bunch of people. And, like, yeah, like, this so clearly is Cassavetes writing about himself. And so I think that's what makes it interesting. I'm I'm going to say I don't think it's, like, top shelf. Like, I don't know if it's, like, opening night or love streams where I'm like, yeah, if I want someone to get, like, understand Cassavetes as a whole and, like, what makes his movies so unique and so good... I don't know if I would go to The Killing of a Chinese Bookie like right off the bat. I will say it is kind of like a good solid B tier in the same way that Shadows and well, I I have never I haven't seen Faces, but Shadows is, you know, it's just like a good solid Cassavetes song that maybe doesn't feel wholly complete. I mean, say
0: what you will. It is the greatest name for an art house movie oh yeah like it's the coolest sounding name for a movie even if the movie might not live up to what you're expecting
1: the movie should have made money just because of how cool that name is
0: yeah like you're like what does that mean like i I, like i i I know what it means but what (laughs) like how does it come to that yeah Interesting. Okay, Killing of a Chinese Bookie. I, I need to sit down and watch it. So what's the version you watched? How long is it?
1: So I watched the director's cut, which is 30 minutes shorter than the theatrical cut. Apparently what happened What's is the total
0: time on that, I mean? An hour
1: and eight minutes, or 108 minutes. So, so it's an hour and 48 minutes.
0: Hour 48, okay. Hour 48. I need to look to see if that's what my cut is.
1: Theatrical cut is 138 minutes. And so,
0: okay. Here's my question. That's
1: two hours and fourteen minutes long.
0: Here's my question: Why is the director's cut shorter?
1: So what happened was, after the film was like shot and in the can, they went to edit it, and the company just was like, just put it out, just like wanted to get edited as quickly as possible. And so like they kind of rushed the editing process, and what was released was kind of this like very loose. More in the style of like husbands, which is like very loose, a lot of a lot of dialogue, but like mostly a lot more about. Apparently, there was a lot more scenes having to deal with like the nightclub and running it and the axe and stuff like that than it was about like. It was more about like the day to day operation and kind of the rut that Garza's in.
0: Whereas
1: the other one is kind of like the pace is a little bit quicker. Like, things just kind of happen a little bit more naturally, whereas I think the other one is, is more into, like, the day-to-day, into the malaise of the main character. The one thing I will say is Ben Garazza is fucking tired. Like, he just looks so sleepy. I'm like, m- someone let that boy take a nap. Like, come on. Like, he just looks so tired by the end of the movie. So I would say, if you're going to watch it for the first time, maybe watch the director's cut, because it's it's the one that Cassavetes and Ben Garazza both prefer. It's the one that's, like, approved by Cassavetes. So the studio
0: was, like, put the whole thing together in order and just play it.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Like, um, take, out all the, take out all the cuts and shit, obviously, but, like, just put it together. Whereas this version, they're like, no, this is what we were going to do if we were going to lean it down and make it, like, the mean machine we wanted it to be.
1: And I think the movie, well, it might not have been, like, a smash success. It might have been, it might have generated, like, its money back at the very least. Like, it probably would have done a lot better because it's more typical to what the audience expects i think
0: it's on hbo max if i'm not mistaken
1: i think it's also on canopy and a couple other places i think it is on hbo max
0: i think i'm gonna try to watch that this week you get three categories do you want tyler uh stick out your arm something surprising something tyler will like or finally we spoke about it in the pre-show
1: let's do we spoke about it in the pre-show
0: well that would be starship troopers but before you get to hear about that, here's what you didn't get to hear for. Tyler, stick out your arm would have been Rio Bravo. Oh, hey. <laughs> it's better than I thought it was going to be is this last year's child's play, which fucking rules, by
1: the way. Really?
0: Yeah, it's actually very watchable in some strange ways. Tyler's going to be happy with this is the movie Throne of Blood.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to
0: be.: Yeah, but we are talking about, God, they shoot so many arrows at him.
1: They really almost kill him with Aris.
0: Oh my god, he's so mad, you can tell. But we are talking Starship Troopers. If there's ever a Paul Verhoeven Mount Rushmore, this has got a strong contention for like <sighs> two,
1: probably. The problem is the problem with the Paul Verhoeven Rushmore is we gotta watch all those weird Turkish films. Not Turkish, what is Dutch films that he made?
0: Look, we're gonna make an addendum on certain directors... It's when they came overseas to the good old U.S. of A. that we start watching their movies. No, 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 no. We
1: gotta, we gotta have a conversation about spitters or whatever it's called.
0: Okay, well, I'm not but sure what that is, but the movie,
1: the Paul Verhoeven movie that I think the full cut was on the Pornhub for a long time.
0: Wow, I sat there during this movie because I like I had some time during the morning. Braille was doing something, and I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch, this is like if I was like, this is like, what if." like fascism was like okay and like like they weren't actually after like the jewish people it was just like what if it was not fascism it was worldism like everyone together pulling together and i'm like but this is really fucked up at the same time but also they're fighting giant bugs so you know it's kind of easy to get on their side is it (laughs) (laughs) i mean it is i mean those bugs are throwing those meteors Clan
1: started it. Well, no, they didn't.
0: Oh, oh, they didn't, didn't they? No,
1: if you actually it's very it's hinted in in Verhoven's version of Starship Troopers that we attacked the, them, a, and then because we attacked them because we were like attacking them, we accidentally blew up our own country and then used that as justification for like starting a fight with them. So In reality, I think Starship Troopers is saying a lot about a lot of stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you what it's saying, that Johnny Rico's going to get the job done. Him and his roughnecks. Uh, I have such a pitch for you on something. Oh boy. Is Jake Busey not the T.J. Miller of that time?
1: I hope not, considering what T.J. Miller has done.
0: No, 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 not not in that sense. I mean in the sense of, like, kind of the character he plays.
1: Yeah, yeah, I suppose.
0: Like, he is so doing that T.J. Miller, like, ah, oh, it's, like, kind of hard to like him, but at the same time, he's charmingly kind of an asshole.
1: Like, screaming... And uh, go away, please. You're, why are you so annoying?
0: Oh, so Bill Dear Paxton. Dear God, stop talking. So Bill, so Bill Pullman for you and aliens is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, but Pullman isn't. He's not that annoying. T.J. Miller and like literally everything I think is the most annoying fucking piece of shit on the face. Wow, of Wow, and
0: end. you're putting him in a movie with Ryan Reynolds, a guy who we know you find annoying.
1: Yeah, I hate him. <laughs> hate <laughs> both of them. Ooh,
0: Deadpool is just a complicated movie for you, isn't it? Fucking
1: hate Deadpool, man. Ah, it's really. I think it's like one of the most annoying franchises out there. <laughs> it's done nothing to you. It's but it has. It
0: exists. Is that yeah, it?
1: That's wow. <laughs> it exists. To you, seen sounding both of like them. the
0: people from Star Troopers, dressing up like Doogie Howser in a Hitler costume.
1: I've seen both of the Deadpools in theaters, and I think that's like two of like that is like. Probably my biggest, like one of my biggest regrets of like movie going is like seeing so both So wait, of if you didn't Deadpool like movies. the
0: first one, why did you sign up for the second one? My
1: mom wanted to go see the second one, and well, so I that's... like, like, okay, I'll go with my mom.
0: You're just like, is anyone else seeing this?
1: Yeah, my no, mom. Likes...
0: No, no, you sit down. No, I don't care.
1: I like. I ah oh, fucking hate Deadpool. <laughs>
0: you're just like. You're just like. And fuck you, Josh! Oh, One-Eyed Willy, Fun joke! Like, you're just, like, you're just, you're just being, like, so mean. And your mom's like, why did you come? And you're like, I don't know.
1: I, the thing is, is, like, I...
0: You're like, I did it for you. Here's your acupuncture s- kit.
1: Sort of. It was... Oh. I went... I We we, we went together because... It,
0: it's very I cute, it was before actually. I leave. It's actually kind I, of adorable you did that.
1: I like, like, I like Deadpool, like, the comics. Like, I thought he's a fun character when I was in high school. And then, like, when they were like, oh, here's a Deadpool movie, and it's fucking Ryan Reynolds. I was like, okay, that's, like, the worst casting imaginable. While everyone was like, that's great casting. I'm like, no, that's terrible casting. Who would <laughs> because you Because Ryan Reynolds is supposed to be fucking likable. Who, who would you pick? Or Deadpool's supposed to be likable. I don't know. I would have not made it.
0: <laughs> no, no, but if you had to, like, if they're like, look... We're gonna we're gonna blow your head off if um, not yours, like we're gonna blow someone's head off that you care about enough to do this. Like, like I
1: would have picked well because okay, so it's gotta be because someone who's he
0: like is doing what Deadpool does.
1: But he's
0: like okay, I don't. He's always been the guy. He was anointed to that part. He's the same way. Jamie Foxx was always gonna play Ray Charles. It just makes sense when you say it out loud despite if you like it or not i no, mean like I, that's the best thing i can say about it i mean I who else do you agreed, get but i see you get what i'm saying like i even agree with you yeah it's like oh ryan reynolds is the obvious choice of course he's the smart wisecracking guy who's also like muscular and can pull off the fucked up makeup thing
1: like but the thing is it's like he can't act he never has been able to act he can't pull off the depth that the dude, fucking dude, character dude, has this is
0: the same thing as chevy chase Chevy Chase was always
1: just doing Chevy Chase. We give him a pass, Ben. <laughs> no, we don't give Chevy Chase a pass. No, we give Ryan Reynolds a pass.
0: I don't give Ryan Reynolds a pass. I call I'm, him out when he's bad I'm stuff.
1: I'm saying the royal we. I'm saying we as a society. I,
0: I call him out. I call him out when he's in bad stuff. But there's stuff he's good in. The proposal is ridiculously charming. I won't hear this. Like, fuck, do we need to have a debate? The great Ryan Reynolds debate?
1: he's been good in he's been good in one movie which ev- movie coming soon what he plays just a hunk of meat that's it that's that's his entire character what's coming soon it's a 2002 it's like a 2000 indie movie about a girl who has never had like sex explained to her and has a bunch of, like, sexual misadventures. It's pretty cute and charming. I don't know if it's aged very well. But, yeah, he plays, like, a guy in a band in New York. And he's, like, literally just a hunk of meat. And that's it. That's, like, literally all that character does. And it's the best fucking acting performance he's ever given. because you don't he's think not he's asked asked to do anything. You don't think, don't think he's, he's good in the proposal? You don't think he's good anything? Really? Wow. I hate Ryan Reynolds. His face fucking puts me off. What's the worst version of him? I would say the fucking wisecracking smartass version of him. It's like I, just come so on, you don't you don't annoying. love him in
0: Harold and Kumar when he's dabbing down when he's dabbing down Kumar's face for like
1: five seconds. Oh, come on! Oh. He makes every movie he's in worse just because of his presence. <sighs> oh he has God. a negative wins above replacement. He, every movie he's in would be better if he wasn't in it.
0: He brought down six underground just a little bit in that opening, didn't he? Because yeah, he was in it. That opening wow. is
1: amazing, except for him. He's the worst part of it. I've never heard someone
0: hate this much on Ryan Reynolds. I don't, know or I anyone said. for that matter, actually. <laughs> By I, the way, I, Ryan Reynolds, yeah. if you want to sponsor us, we will shell your vodka, um, <laughs> or gin, or whatever it is. I'm not sure.
1: Ben's getting ready to announce our special guest, Ryan Reynolds. He was just outside the door. <laughs>
0: he is crying yeah he's, he's like is that I'm why you boss. have a ryan gosling poster on your on your wall and i go you know i've never thought of that but you know it's like oh, i was gonna sponsor you guys make you the first gin podcast i was like is it gin i didn't know
1: <laughs> i've never gotten that mad on this podcast before i know it's great i've never seen like
0: it wasn't super saiyan but like you know like you just threw the spirit bomb i feel is what it is like <laughs> if that makes sense in the yeah. dragon ball parlance of our times what do you call it though? Yeah, Starship Troopers is really fun. I would yeah. say that.
1: it's pretty yeah. good. Starship <laughs> Troopers. If you
0: could do me a favor, put when you put what Ben saw that week for the notes, just put Starship Troopers with a question mark. <laughs> I guess we got to take him over to the remake section that are better because we have two sections: bad remakes and good remakes. It's a massive store, man, and nobody wanted this
1: place. It's haunted. It, I
0: haven't seen one thing.
1: It's impossible to find any movie you're looking for.
0: How do you feel about remakes in general? I don't think we've ever spoken about this. Um,
1: I mean, they can be good. My favorite, I think, is I was going to make a joke, and I don't even. I'm not even going to pull the trigger on it.
0: The first one is a remake, or as some people would say, an adaptation. Go ahead, tell me your problem with this
1: book. Okay, this isn't a remake. It's an adaptation of a book. They didn't watch the TV movie from the 50s and be like, well, we gotta remake that. They read the book and were like, what if we set this in Vietnam? It's not the same, but I'll allow it, I guess. Eh, fair. Oh, well, I wish I would have had a
0: movie. You know what? We're wa- You know what?
1: Hmm. <laughs> Pivot. We're watching Fly 2. <laughs>
0: no, we're not watching Fly 2. We're not doing that. I'm not talking about that movie. <laughs> no.
1: This just, is just really, it's that got some highs and lows. movie. <laughs> I'm
0: so mad at it. I've got a whole argument coming for Fly 2. By the way, I have a better pitch for a better Fly movie. You're never going to see it coming.
1: I kind of like the Fly 2. I think it's kind of dumb. I kind of but... do,
0: too. But I also kind of think they don't do anything with it. And at the end of the day, you walk out of the movie and go, oh, it's just a fucking Fly again. again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was shot on the set of the fucking third Halloween movie.
1: <laughs> Why don't they make the Fly, but worse?
0: That's really what it is oh god but the first movie is from 1979 and it's francis ford coppola's vietnam epic that treats the war almost as an afterthought and focuses on the madness that renders man's minds martin sheen leads an amazing cast while capturing a snapshot of one of the worst moments in history of our world this is the 1979 classic and i'll fight you to the death on that apocalypse now
2: well, you see, Willard, in this war, things get confused out there. Power, ideals, the old morality, and practical military necessity. But out there with these natives, it must be a temptation to be God. Because there's a conflict in every human heart... between the rational and the irrational, between good and evil. And good does not always triumph. Sometimes the dark side... overcomes what Lincoln called the better angels of our nature. Every man has got a breaking point. You and I have them. Vault has reached his. And very obviously, he has gone insane. Yes, sir. <clears throat> very much so, sir. Obviously insane. Your mission is to proceed up the Nung River in a Navy patrol boat. <clears throat> Pick up Colonel Kurtz's path at New Meng Ba, follow it, learn what you can along the way. When you find the Colonel, infiltrate his team by <clears throat> whatever means available, and terminate the Colonel's command. Terminate. out there operating without any decent restraint totally beyond the pale of any acceptable human conduct and he's still in the field commanding troops terminate with extreme prejudice you understand captain that this mission does not exist nor will it ever exist
0: So my wife came out, and she goes, what the hell is that noise? And I said, oh, that's the sound of a um, helicopter mixed with a fan. And she goes, why is that so loud? I said, oh, this is the first time I've seen Apocalypse Now on this TV. I want to see how the opening sounds. Don't, don't you say a bad word about the opening. You can pick the rest of this movie apart. That fucking opening is amazing.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. They use a Doors song, though, which, ooh, big I, problem with that. That's,
0: that's my favorite song by the Doors.
1: I mean, any song by the Doors is, is not a good you know." Are the doors of the Ryan Reynolds of bands for you? Jim Morrison's, I think is the Ryan Reynolds of people for me.
0: The <laughs> <laughs> It's a fucking beautiful opening.
1: It's yeah, it's good. you immediately know like what you're in for and right, like where it's going and like that this guy is like already like not doing so great. <laughs> it was great. she watched it too and she's like she's like, boy, he's really going
0: for it and I said, uh, that guy's having a nervous breakdown right now. And she goes, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you see that blood? That's real. And she goes, why? And I'm like, I don't know. He just didn't really want to cut. Like, And she's like, oh, ugh. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty messed
1: up. Martin Sheen was having a real nervous breakdown on the set of Apocalypse Now because I think everybody on the set of Apocalypse Now is having a nervous breakdown.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Luckily, I took some great notes for this, Tyler.
1: <laughs> Hell, yeah.
0: And then we see Martin Sheen, and he's in Saigon
1: and how do you know that because he says saigon
0: shit i'm still only in saigon let's talk about
1: duty as narration
0: let's let's talk about him let's talk it really is let's talk about (laughs) him as an actor how do we feel about martin sheen martin sheen actually is on our first episode isn't he he's fucking great yeah martin Martin, sheen rules yeah i i mean i love him in this like i'll say this i i fucking love this movie i absolutely love this movie (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, like, where where is Martin Sheen at, I guess, in this time in his career?
1: I think this is probably around his, like, first peak. Probably his peak as, like, a film actor. I think this is, like, kind of, like, where his, like, leading man... Wow, he's not really in a lot of, like, huge movies in the 70s. Wow. I, I don't know. I picked him as more of, like, a main dude for a lot of the time. But he seems to be, like kind of like a, not like a second, like a, like a character actor or like maybe number two or three on the, on like the billing. Except for, is he big in Wall Street? He's like one of the main characters?
0: Yeah, he's one no. of the main characters. He's like Charlie Sheen's dad, I think.
1: I mean, he's like, he is like constantly like one of the main characters, but he's not like the main guy. Like in the dead zone, he plays like.
0: He's, he's a, he's a key character in the dead he's zone. He's a key
1: character, but he's not like the Okay, guy.
0: he's in God. Yeah, he's coming up. You know what? I'd say this. I think he's just starting to pick up speed.
1: I think that's a good way to put it. I don't know why, but I, I thought that like this was his.
0: I think his he was just a working movie. actor. I think that's what he was.
1: Well, he's he's got we he got Rage, the like George C. Scott movie, Badlands, the girl who lives down the lane, where he plays like a big a big role in that. And then I think Apocalypse Now. I think he doesn't do much. And then like Apocalypse Now is like. I think that might have taken up a lot of time. For sure. <laughs> Thinking about how long it took to make Apocalypse Now. <laughs>
0: That's true. So you have problems with this, obviously.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Like, I don't have anything wholly, like, big to yell about it. The cinematography is great. It's done by Vito Sitararo. I don't know how to say his name. But he's really good. Francis Ford Coppola is clearly, like, a very talented director. I just don't think this movie... I don't know. It just didn't really resonate the way i thought it would i like woke up early in the morning i had my coffee i had breakfast i turned this on and i wasn't really captivated by it like i should for like a movie where i'm just giving it my full attention i thought it was kind of boring Let's
0: talk about the mission briefing. Let's, let's talk about what he's asked to do. And I have a couple questions about that scene. Number one, I completely forgot it takes place inside. For some reason, I always saw it set in, like, a garden area. And I don't know why, but I'm like, oh, this is inside. I don't remember any of this. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, man, it's an amazing setup for a movie.
1: It's, like, a pretty good scene to get you into the action. You have young Harrison Ford who's got glasses. You have just a random dude. Like, it's, it clearly paints, like, oh, the people who are, like, in the, like, the leaders of the army literally have no connection to what is currently happening. Like, they're, like, in a different fucking Mm -hmm. world where they're, you know, eating shrimp and talking about, like, murdering fucking civilians and soldiers and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, like, paints, like, it's good at setting the mood and kind of painting, like, a picture.
0: By the way, that's the scene we're going to be coming out of as well.
1: That's a good scene. Are you going to cut the whole scene, and we're going to have like a 10-minute chunk? No, no,
0: no. We're probably no, no, no. We're going to do we're going to do when they sit down at the table to terminate with extreme prejudice. I think it's about four minutes, maybe. But that's my next question. Jerry Zeissmer, who is the guy who just appears to be like a guy in a sh- like a shirt and tie, kind of bug eyed. Mm-hmm. Who who the fuck is he?
1: I'm just going to assume that he's like a a McNamara or Kissinger type. Just someone who just profits off of the war. Like, someone who, like, has, like, a share in the ownership of, like, the company that produces Napalm.
0: Interesting.
1: (laughs) He's clearly not a part of the military or else would be, like, in fatigues, but he's, like, there on the briefings because he has a say in what's happening. So I'm assuming... I mean, it's me putting a lot of a lot of work into this, a lot of elbow grease into what they're trying to get at here. But I think it's like clearly like someone who's profiting off the war.
0: I mean, you guys heard the mission briefing. He's to proceed up the Nung River and find Colonel Kurtz and take him out.
1: Mm -hmm. Colonel Kurtz played by Marlon Brando.
0: Oh, wait, I'm going to give Tyler another great piece of um, dialogue um, from the Call of Duty thing.
2: I asked
0: for a mission and for my sins. They gave me one. And after it, I never wanted another.
1: I thought he says I never got another.
0: No, I think it's I never wanted another. Mm. Okay. Let's talk about the crew, because we should talk about Tyrone Mr. Clean Miller.
1: He's Lawrence Fishburne's character? Correct. I like him. I think I think it's clearly like he's, wow, Fishburne he's is
0: seventeen in this movie. Yeah.
1: And he's fucking amazing.
0: Oh, he's great. Like he started
1: on... Yeah. His, he was fourteen when the filming started. Wow. And the film took so long to be made and come out that he was seventeen by the end of it. That's insane. Yeah.
0: We also have J Chef Hicks, who's played by Frederick Forrest.
1: Yeah, he's good. He wants he's a chef. He 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 hates where he's at. He's horrified. That's his character.
0: Yeah, well. He's constantly, like, on the edge of, like, just blowing everything away.
1: Yeah, and himself, yeah.
0: And then we have, he's fucking back, Tyler.
2: Sam Bottoms.
0: Lance B. Johnson, yes. Sam Bottoms himself. My god, when I saw that guy, I was like, who the fuck is that? I was like, holy shit, that's the slow kid from Last Picture Show.
1: He plays a surfer. He's really good in this, actually.
0: He's, like, really strong in this.
1: He's, he's pretty solid when he freaks out about that dog, you really feel it.
0: Yeah, that's one of the more upsetting moments in this movie We're like, oh
1: that's well, not for me because I'm like I'm pretty sure that dog became like a cast member's dog <laughs> like <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard somewhere where that dog became like one of the Coppola's dog.
0: Oh He probably lived a good life, ate a lot yeah. of pasta.
1: He ate a lot of pasta. Uh,
0: Chief Phillips, uh, who's played by Albert Hall, he's fucking fantastic too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You talk about a 2013 Oscars, that motherfucker would have been nominated. Oh yeah. And they're all accompanying Martin Sheen. They're this little platoon boat that is gonna go upriver and take him to find Colonel Kurtz, who is played by Marlon Brando. He's told to do this by Harrison Ford and two other guys who are both by the way, everyone in that first scene crushes it.
1: Ford's a little little I don't know. I think Ford's a little, a little stiff. A little
0: wooden. A little wooden.
1: Yeah. A little... Right,
0: that's fair. I think he's supposed to be bumbling, though, because, like, it's his first mission briefing. That's what I've always taken Ford's thing to be.
1: Okay, that makes sense. But, like, I, I, Ford has been is a lot better. And, and he, Ford's small cameo appearance in The Conversation is miles better than this.
0: I, I'm sure it is. Like, I, I haven't seen The Conversation in a long time. That's one I actually should rewatch. But, like, I, I like him here. I don't think he hurts the movie in any way.
1: Yeah, I just, it feels like very clearly like I don't know I think you're right he's it's supposed to be like his first time giving someone a mission briefing and that's why the other guy just sort of takes over (laughs)
0: <laughs> they would get John Krasinski for that role today. He seems like exactly who.
1: <sighs> Talk about another guy I fucking can't stand.
0: I cannot stand John Krasinski. We're on the fucking same page there. You want to tell that? This is a John <laughs> Krasinski free podcast as far <laughs> as I'm concerned.
1: <laughs> Just have a have a fucking line with his face. Like a, like a circle with a line through it with his face underneath it.
0: Quiet place, go fuck yourself. Like, Quiet I'm place, sorry. like.
1: We're like, get the fuck out of here, please.
0: God, right? I would like to leave place. Oh, that movie Man, was so hate boring. That fucking movie. Like, here's how bad that movie was. I saw that after seeing Ready Player One. Like, it did not have to live up to a lot.
1: <sighs> Had to be better than Ready Player One.
0: And it wasn't. Like, Ready Player One's a better movie. I watched Ready Play I own fucking Ready Player One. It's a Spielberg yeah. movie. Fuck you. I. I. Yeah. I know. I got a problem.
1: What do you. What do you mean? You're not gonna. You're, not gonna, you're not gonna start a Kravinsky part. Of your you're No. Gonna, no uh, he's
0: never. No. Sorry. What is His movie. The other movie he good?
1: directed. He made. He directed another movie. Conversations
0: right? with hideous men or some bullshit. Oh, oh, oh. no. Shit. Oh, All right. No. Back. Back to it. Back to it. So he's proceeding up the Nung River. I've got four stops they make along the way, and I think they're the only four scenes we need to talk about. Robert Duvall.
2: Nothing else in the world smells like that. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You know, one time we had a hail bomb for twelve hours, and when it was all over, I walked up. We didn't find one of them—not one stinking dink body. The smell! You know that gasoline smell? A whole hill. It smelled like victory.
0: This man was up for a Best Supporting Actor award he deserves he, that yeah no yeah
2: yeah
0: he's Either fucking or. killing it every moment
1: yeah no he's the moment where he is like how do you like the look of that and he's like ah oh, it's it's pretty you know it's, it's it's really overwhelming he's like "Nah, the waves
0: it's breaking breaking both ways robert duvall <laughs> fucking incredible on in this
1: mm-hmm. i agree
0: yeah, and the one scene they cut, unfortunately, and it's so funny, they steal one of his surfboards and take it with them up the Nung River, and there's a shot of just a helicopter flying overhead, like, searching for them with a spotlight, saying, Lance, I want that surfboard back! You owe it to me! Like, that is my property!
1: That, that would have... See, I understand why they cut it, but that would have actually made... That would have actually gave given some sort of levity to the situation at hand.
0: Yeah, it really would have. So, yeah, that's kind of the first one. The second one is the USO show, which I bet you got a lot of opinions on.
1: The, what do you think was going to happen?
0: Yeah, right? Like, like you what just, you, like, you, know, you, know, like, you know what the best part is? I wrote this down. I wrote Martin Sheen has the look of, a. I remember my first beer, like when all those guys rushed to the stage
1: yeah like come on you know what i mean like it's just like i was like watching it and it was just like this is gonna end badly and then it ends badly and i'm like ah
0: that one guy falls a long way into the water i hope he's okay uh, he was a stunt man supply boat search is the third stop on our little journey yeah. Ooh. So, like, I I, I, I almost, I almost sent you a text in the middle of the week that I was just gonna read. So, Lawrence Fishburne just committed a war crime, right?
1: They all sort of commit war crimes in that scene.
0: Ooh. Like, he
1: is sort of right; they shouldn't have stopped.
0: Yeah, the supply boats, are it just does not go well, and it sucks too. Because when he pulls it out, you're like, "Oh, they were trying to save a dog." That's even worse.
1: Yeah, it's like, like stupid from the get-go like i get why the boat captain does it is because he's like wound up he is fucking sick of martin sheen's shit and like wants to prove that he isn't in charge of this like he is and so like he stops them but like as soon as you, was like that's like the dumbest possible decision because like just let him go like what are you what Ugh, i don't know That's why I can never be a military person, because I'm just like, why? Like, what's the fucking point?
0: Your orders were to escort this guy up to where Kurtz is. That should be the number one thing you're trying to do. You should be trying to bypass every other thing to get there.
1: You should be trying to keep, like, a low fucking profile. Like, why? This is undercover. Like, I don't know. Why wouldn't they have been told not to do that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that
0: is fair. That is fair. It also might be on a need to know basis.
1: I well, they he does. He doesn't. He doesn't tell anybody until like that. Like they get towards the end, he tells Every, like, the well, chef, and the chef's like, "We'll just take you there." Like fuck it. Like who cares? Yeah. I, I understand why, because again, I think he's like trying to show like who's in charge of the boat. But it's just such a stupid mistake. Like it's such an It's like. It's you know. It's it's. Ugh. It's, like, so frustrating. And then, it like, is. to end up killing all of them, I was just like, okay, I get it, movie. You
0: know what else I, is a stupid fucking, mistake? I get it. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Ooh, someone is hot under the collar.
1: It's it's fine. Like, I, I don't think... Ugh, we'll get to it. What is your favorite scene, I guess? Hmm. I, I like the opening. I think it's a good tone setter. I think everything up until they get, like, on the river is, like, pretty good. Once they get on the river, I know what the movie's doing. It's, like... This is how boring some of the shit is. You're just like sitting there, just times flying by. Occasionally you get shot at, stuff like that. Like, I get it. But I think the movie kind of slowly just burned me out by being like, look at all these horrible atrocities that we committed in Vietnam. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. I know I've read about Vietnam. I know like all the bad stuff. Like, this isn't even the worst things we did. But I just don't care. <laughs> and I think that's. Bad, like the movie, I think wants me to feel sort of numb to the whole violence aspect of it, like the same way that Martin Sheen feels numb to it. That's like why the violence is so frank. Yeah, it's like Martin Sheen is like he's the burnt out soldier, like he's like that. But this movie, in many ways, feel like it's trying to be a condemnation of like war, or maybe not like of war, but like just trying to be like a frank depiction of the realities of war. But, like, it really does feel very Boomer-ish, being like, wow, yeah, we did what we had to do. Like, this is what Vietnam was like, man. And it just feels fucking really just patronizing.
0: I feel Coppola is saying that this is how some people viewed it. I don't know if it's Coppola saying he agrees with that. I I think it's Coppola maybe, like, examining the way, like, the people who were in charge at the time might have been thinking about it, like, "Oh, this is a war we need to win. Like, it's not really about anything, but we need to win it." I don't know if it's all—I don't know if Coppola believes what you're saying, like you're you're seeing depicted here. I guess.
1: Like, I agree with knowing... you with the
0: with the very boomerish thing. I agree with you with that for sure. But I almost don't even think it's the boomers' thing. I think it's the sons of the boomers who like.
1: Okay, so I think th- it's the sons know... of the boomers
0: who got lost in that generation of Vietnam.
1: What I know... Well, they're boomers. Vietnam era is the baby boomers. Ah. What I know about John Milnes is he was too young to join the war, for the most part, or he was in fucking UCLA while the war was happening, and he wanted to be a part of it.
0: Who's John Milnes?
1: He's the guy who wrote the movie. He's best known, outside of being the writer of this movie, for being the writer-director of Red Dawn, where just knowing that he wrote and directed Red Dawn, you kind of know where his politics lay. Oh, yeah, (laughs) for sure. very... Like very right wing. I think the movie was shaped a little bit by Coppola and some other people, but like the basic, I the key, it started with Milnes. If you want to know who Milnes is, if you've seen The Big Lebowski, he's John Goodman. Ugh, I'm confused with yeah. We're gonna talk about. Him I
0: thought after. that's. I thought that's who I, who you were talking about. Okay, I know who John Milnes is now.
1: Yeah. So, Jet. What is it? What is his name? John Goodman. Fuck. Oh, John shit. Goodman. <sighs> So, John Goodman's character in The Big Lebowski is, like, one-for-one one John Milnes. Like, it's a heightened version of John Milnes, but, like, he looks like John Milnes, he dresses like John Milnes, and he apparently talks like John Milnes. Well, they can and, fucking
0: unfix it!
1: Yeah, and he's, like, like the best thing about that character is he's a guy who, like, pretends to be this, like, former military person, who pretends to know all of these, like, military shit, but, like, clearly never served... And that's John Milnes. Is he So you don't guy think Walter
0: like... was in Vietnam? Is that what you're no.
1: saying? No. I think that's I part know. of the joke.
0: I think Walter was in Vietnam.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think, well, Milnes wasn't. So, like, the guy that they, they based it off of wasn't, but, like, would talk about being in Vietnam. Not being in Vietnam, but, like, talk about Vietnam all the time. I'm curious and to see so... some
0: tank battles, though.
1: You know, I mean, I had an <laughs> M16,
0: eyeball to eyeball. Charlie, man in the black pajamas, worthy fucking adversary. Who's wearing pajamas, Walter? Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> It's one of my favorite deliveries from him, and he goes, he goes, but you know what we have here? A bunch of fag eaters on their on their towels with their heads, you know, just trying to find resolve. Like it's so eloquent at one point, and then he just he just he just besmirches his friend and just says a horrible slur.
1: Anyway, that's who wrote the original screenplay for this. movie, oh. and I think you see that a lot. Like I think you see like a lot of like. Not whitewashing what the military did, but just kind of sidestepping all of the bad shit that was happening. It feels very, we did what we were there to do, sort of mentality. Like, I th- I think there are aspects of the movie about how, like, Vietnam has, like, deeply scarred the American psyche. Oh, I agree. I, I, I absolutely acc- agree. I think it's kind of accidental. I don't know how much the movie
2: oh, we're, is, like, we're...
1: purposely digging into that.
0: He gets to the place and we meet Kurtz and also Sam um not Sam Elliott. What is that fucking guy's name? Sam Bottoms. No, not Sam Bottoms. The one um the one who you see who's in the military fatigues so who we went after him and then got converted. Oh, Scott uh, Glenn. Uh,
1: Scott Glenn.
0: Yeah, he sees him and then we meet Kurt. What do you what do you think of Brando's performance in this?
1: I think it's good. I think it's clearly not clearly doesn't know the words, but other than that, it's good.
0: He's certainly not the cut, muscular guy that I think Coppola wanted him to be.
1: Yeah, no. He's a, he's a man living high on the hog. On a very high hog. Yes, that hog
0: is high. I will say this, when you enter his world, like when you enter where he's living, it almost feels like the natural world ceases to exist. It it feels
1: sort of... Yeah. It's ominous, feel... I guess, is the word. Like you're in a surreality surreal sort of aspect, but I mean Wait. that's what like the book sort of feels like too. Like when you finally meet Kurtz, it's like, oh,
0: hold on, hold on, let me let me let me put this to you better. Joe Pesci in the red light with the butcher's knife in Goodfellas. Anything can happen when you enter that place. I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, where yeah. you're just like,
1: you're, you're just, just like, like oh, okay,
0: whatever's in that trunk, I got to be prepared for.
1: Uh, that's bad.
0: Yeah. So. you meet Kurtz and man, it's just, it's just a wild ride from there. And like, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the end for this movie, but it's, it's good.
1: I do think what Kurtz is saying a lot of times I'm like, this sounds like a lot of those like fake deep posts to me where I'm just like, okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. 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 Got it. Still talking. eh? all right. (laughs) <laughs> still, yep still still going on huh oh, no, Okay, i get it yeah man nature cruel the man get it mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep 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 yep
0: we're gonna finish it up with the 52nd academy awards because this was up for a couple of things it won two and we're gonna talk about three more so we're gonna hit on five categories let's talk about the first thing it won best sound yeah yeah, I mean, it really pumped when I put it up to, like, 55.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, I, good. That's a good, that's a solid win. Who did it beat out? 1941. <laughs> Which, yeah, okay. Uh, the Electric Horseman, Meteor, and The Rose. It's the only movie of those I have heard of. Never heard of any of those. Uh, not You haven't heard of 1941? I've heard of 1941. That's two movies. The Rose 1941. Is the 1941. Oh, you guess,
0: the. Um, you want to guess, what
1: that? that's, directed? guess what that's directed by?
0: Sure. Who's it directed by? It is directed by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Oh, 1941. Oh, the. um. I, I don't own it. It's the John Belushi. It also steers uh, the guy from Throne of Blood, Toshiro Mufino, as well. Yeah. Uh, it
1: is. Fucking bad. Uh, that's it's what I heard. It's not good. It is like two and a half hours long. Well, let's go to his best so cinema.
0: Yeah, I know. I hear it's like his attempt at Hawks and you're just like, Nope. Real bad. Um, best cinematography.
1: So in that you have Kramer vs. Kramer, which was shot by Nestor A Alemindros, hey, talked know about. The guy. Yeah, we talked about him. But the Black Hole, which was shot by Frank Phillips. All that jazz, which was shot by Giuseppe Rattuno. 1941, which was shot by William A. Fraker, which, God, 1941 got so many more nominations than I thought it would. And the winner is Apocalypse Now, shot by the man I shouted out and horribly butchered his name, Vittorio Satororio. ro Satoro. Vittorio Satoro. Sito-
0: Vittorio Sito- Vittorio, Sito- Vittorio Is what I'm going to go with.
1: Said not gonna work here anymore
0: exactly <laughs> wow you're the first time you've ever done that joke yeah, um, yeah I mean that movie's fucking gorgeous looking yeah
1: I think he's the guy in who did the no okay yeah no he's the guy who shot maybe um, I talked about that I recommended a long time ago he the possession or possession that oh, possession? That,
0: that makes I think it's a lot of possession. sense that makes a lot of sense yeah, 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 yeah. well that takes us on to three that were nominated best supporting
1: actor Best Supporting Actor. Best Supporting Actor. Mickey Rooney in The Black Stallion. Justin Henry in Kramer vs. Kramer. Frederick Forrest, who's also in Apocalypse Now, in The Rose. Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now, and your winner is Melvin Douglas in Being There.
0: Who's Melvin Douglas in Being There?
1: He plays Ben Rand. I have no idea. I think that's the guy who owns the, like... I mean, good, good for the, like, them.
0: Being there's a really weird, odd movie.
1: Hal Ashby's last really good movie. It's the guy who like owns the place where Chance is like living.
0: No, okay, I know what you're I talking about. I think that's who that is. I haven't seen it in years, but I know what you're talking about.
1: Being there, good movie. You should watch it. That's I mean, not to you. That's to everyone that's, that? that's the people who may not have seen it.
0: I've seen it, just haven't, what do you call it, gotten around to it. Next up, we have Best Director best
1: director i
0: think honestly in my opinion robert Niro should have won that's just me talking
1: oh with best supporting yeah i mean i i don't i haven't seen any of the other movies so i can't yeah, really say anything <laughs> to be fair i don't know justin henry might be great in kramer versus kramer
0: i've seen that i mean like i think that's the kid
1: i think so i think
0: yeah he he's really good in it i won't deny that but like it's it's not Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall's on fire. That's like a, that's like a Judy Dench level, like comes in for 15 minutes and just crushes, walks out.
1: Okay. But Melvin Douglas, it makes sense. Cause he's a, he was an actor like from the thirties and had like a steady career up until the
0: seventies. And it I was one of those it. things
1: where it's like, yeah, he's old. He's probably going to die soon. So let's give him an Academy award. I agree. <laughs> so like, I, I'm fine with it. This is a pretty solid best director category. You have Edward Molinero. For Le Cage of False, uh, which is the birdcage, for anyone who doesn't know what that is. It's the original French version of it. We um, have Peter Yates for Breaking Away. Francis Ford Coppola for Apocalypse Now. Bob Fosse for All That Jazz. And your winner, your Robert Benton for Kramer versus Kramer.
0: Yeah, Kramer versus Kramer makes sense.
1: Peter Yates for Breaking Away is an interesting one.
0: And what about Breaking Away 2, Electric Boogaloo?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't play Breaking Away got like a Best Picture nomination. Anyway, on to Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well, that is the last
1: category. Best that is Picture. Last category. Best Picture. Normal Ray, then followed by Breaking Away, Apocalypse Now, all that jazz, and your eventual winner, Kramer versus Kramer. It makes sense. I don't know how well Kramer versus Kramer holds up.
0: <sighs> I think it still holds up decently. I mean, like, there's a couple of things for sure, but. Kramer versus Kramer is, say what you will, like how to put this nicely say what you will about Kramer versus Kramer, maybe not holding up in certain ways, but that being said, you cannot fault the acting in that movie. That is some of the most naturalistic, beautiful acting you'll ever see.
1: I mean, maybe, uh, but it beating out Norma Ray and all that jazz is sort of surprising. Yeah. I don't know. I think Norma Rae has. I think Norma Rae is better than we remember it for the most part. I think it's kind of underrated now. I'm I think not it's sure mostly. I've seen Norma Rae. I think it's mostly remembered for Sally Field, but yeah, no, it's good. It's a good, solid union story, if it's what I'm thinking of. It's the one where she holds up the union sign, right?
0: Yeah, I believe that, oh, is, Norma Ray. that yeah. is Norma. Yeah, that movie. is Norma.
1: Good movie. All that jazz, by the way, is like. It. So you have three classics. All you have that a movie jazz. That's
0: Liza, right?
1: That's Cabaret, dog. Oh, never mind. No, I've never no. seen all, all that
0: jazz either. Then
1: all that jazz is about Fosse himself. It stars Roy Schneider. Yeah,
0: Roy Schneider
1: Scheider, Roy Schneider
0: Not Roy Schneider. That's the illegitimate I... love child of Rob Schneider and Roy Scheider.
1: Hey, that's a not what I. That's not a thing I want. I've heard Breaking Away is really good. I've been meaning to watch it. It sounds like my type of jam. It's like a coming of age film, but like it also seems. Kind of boomery. <laughs> Fair enough. That's the problem with a lot of 70s movies. It's like, for every really good one, you got like three that are just like, wow, there's some fucking boomer energy coming off of this.
0: Best picture. I mean, they were never going to give it to Apocalypse Now.
1: What's amazing is Apocalypse Now, I think, is the highest grossing out of all of those.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it's. Did, it's make, a, did it make a ton of money?
1: It made a fuck ton. It was a cultural phenomenon when it came I out. I thought
0: Apocalypse Now fucking failed.
1: I thought it made a, a bunch of money. Hold on. Yeah, its budget was $31 million, which at that time, astronomical. Its box Mm. office is $150 million. Yeah, you're right.
0: That is still pretty good.
1: (laughs) It was fucking a giant force when it came out. So, like, the fact that they gave it to Kramer vs. Kramer... I think Kramer vs. Kramer was a quote-unquote topic movie of that time period. Because I think think in the late 70s, you start to see the divorce rate spike. Because it comes, like, about a decade after the women's liberation movement. Uh, women are getting sick of deadbeat, <laughs> deadbeat husbands, and so the divorce rate sort of spikes because, like, pa- like couples are realizing like we don't actually have to stay together if we don't want to, and so I think Kramer versus Kramer is in many ways like kind of a reaction to that, um, which makes sense why it would win the because I think it's also like a pretty big phenomena for the time. Yeah, it was eight million. I know it made back a hundred. And six million dollars could you imagine that kramer versus kramer made a hundred million dollars when it came out good god Ugh.
0: what a time to be alive
1: what a time to like movies
0: yeah um well you're the best thing i got oh when when dustin hoffman yells at that kid you're like i get it i get it so yeah i guess we gotta ask you what would you pair this with
1: oh right i gotta pair of pop-ups now you know what this is kind of a this is kind of a me being me to apocalypse now, but um, the John Wayne movie Green Berets. I feel like they got similar energies. Oh, okay. I think apocalypse now it's more realistic about the war, but yeah.
0: Okay, and what do you give it?
1: Three stars.
0: Right. it's five. It's I, mean, you're I don't wrong, know. You're wrong. It's five, but you know. Sure.
1: Whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't and have like a lot to, to say about it. I
1: think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's fine. I don't have much to say about it. I just didn't like it. It doesn't jibe with me.
0: No, I get it. I get it. I think if you don't see it at a certain time, but man, that movie just clicks for me. And for how long it is, for two and a half hours, that movie just goes for me. Really didn't. <laughs> I think you're either on that journey or you're not.
1: I run, and I was like, let me out this fucking boat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got PTSD. Oh, you're like, let me go join that lion in the jungle. Maybe we'll have lion adventures. God,
1: but nine's a weird year. I'm looking at the. I'm just looking at the Academy Awards. You got the rose. You got you got the China Syndrome, and Justice for All. Yes. Al Pacino's like the last time he gets nominated before he gets um, the win for Scent of a Woman.
0: Get this whole court's out of order.
1: Manhattan oh, came wow. out that year, directed by a Redacted.
0: Yes, we we know we we know how you feel.
1: Best Best Foreign Language. You got the Tindrum. Good Year. Good Year. Hi you ready (laughs) moving along (laughs) moving along kid
0: yeah (laughs) thank you the next movie potentially the finest example of concept plus filmmaker plus star equals one of the most watchable horror films of the 1980s truly cronenberg at his best with all his body horror muscles working at their peak Revolting, yet beautifully tragic in Goldbloom's potentially best performance of his career. This is the 1986 film, The Fly.
2: Oh. Uh, okay. I need an object. Um, say, do you have something uh, on you that's uh, personal that I could use, something uniquely you? Uh, an item of clothing or jewelry? Or... What, are you kidding? No, I'm serious. Okay. Here it goes. hmm I don't wear jewelry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brundle, Seth?
0: Brundle, Seth? Brundle,
2: Seth? Uh, Brundle, Seth? Keep your eye on the stocking. world's largest microwave oven. I'm glad I didn't give you my Rolex, if I had a Rolex. No, you're missing the point. Look. Teleportation? Please. Is that a hologram? Where's my stocking? That's it, the real one. Go ahead, pick it up. I don't think I get it. What happened? You get it, all right. You just can't handle it. Um, Your stocking has just been teleported from one pod to another, uh, disintegrated there and reintegrated there. Sort of.
1: Can we, before we start, just run down David Cronenberg's 1980s? Yeah, do it. I'd love to hear um, this, actually. So oh, this,
0: oh I actually, before we do that, I have a question for you. Yeah. I have never been more torn on a clip to put for this. For one idea, the opening scene right before they get in the car for the first time is fucking perfect in some ways. Oh yeah. Or the scene from when he asks her to the stocking to when he shows her what it is, like and she and then she eventually leaves with the tape. Like, that's, that's the other pretty scene.
1: Good. I think when he's like I think that I think the opening scene just it it works.
0: Okay. It makes you want
1: to watch the rest of the movie. It really just—it really
0: up. is. It is. It is kind of. You know what it is. They're actually kind of paired nicely because, and we'll talk about this as we get into it. They both have a moment where it's like you're either on this journey or you're not. Like, it's <laughs> like here's your mission. Here's this device that could change the world. You're either in it or you're not right now. Mm-hmm. Like they both kind of put you to do a decision. But run down yeah. Cronenberg's 1980s.
1: So starting with 1981, you have the Canadian-produced scanners follows that up with Videodrome, and then he steps into the big leagues with uh, the Dead Zone, follows that up with The Fly, and then closes out his decades with Dead Ringers. Fucking just all of them are smash cult successes. I mean, Scanners is probably his weakest. It's the one I like the least, but God damn, that's a good, that's a, don't that's you, a run. Broad...
0: Don't you ever talk bad about Michael Ironside again.
1: He's great in it.
0: Oh, He's he best is. best part of that movie.
1: But like man video drum that's five stars dead zone's solid like it's really good dead the zone's f-
0: dead zone's 4 to 4 and a quarter at yeah. least like video and then dead Dr- ringers yeah, you're is
1: not, super weird
0: <laughs> i mean dead Ringer, dead ringers you're just like either i rented dead ringers or i rented the weirdest director's cut of reversals of fortune that i've ever seen like it's so bizarre like dead ringers is such a bizarre movie
1: I mean, he uh, say what you will about Cronenberg, and I know you don't like Existence, but he doesn't make like an I, I, uninteresting movie until like.
0: I, I'm not saying that. I don't dislike Cronenberg at all. Like I think Cronenberg is great. I just don't think Existence works for me. I'm happy you like Existence. I'm glad there's one more person out there cheering for a movie. It has to take it off my plate. It just doesn't do it for me. No, like, I this, this is this is like this might be his strongest movie. But I'm just opinion.
1: saying, I don't think he's ever made like an uninteresting movie. Like he's uh, no movies I don't, I don't think, like. I don't
0: think *Existence* is uninteresting. I'm not saying that. I think there no, no, is no. a good idea to *Existence*.
1: But what I'm saying is, I don't think he's made like an uninteresting. Like a, he hasn't made a bland, boring. Like oh, anybody can make this type movie. Like *Existence*. Oh, for sure. You know what you will about it. It's still like super weird and interesting. Oh
0: no! No arguments there from 1999. No arguments there. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like it just doesn't do it for me. Like yeah. that's all no, it I is. Mean, like like I totally get why you like that movie. Like if if I had seen it, it might be a thing if I had seen it at another time, it might have worked, but just doesn't do it for me. Granted, I might need to go back and watch it again, but I I don't think so. Like I have a pretty good sense <laughs> of it. Not going to do yeah.
1: If you ever rewatch it and we're still doing the podcast, we got to talk about it.
0: Oh, we will. We will. Trust me, if there's like when we get to 103 episodes, if that, because I think that's where that one falls. I think that's our third episode of all time. We can do a special episode like 100 episodes later. Does he still hate existence?
1: The answer is, of course he does.
0: <laughs> I will burn this place to the ground.
1: Anyway, so Cronenberg, this is like kind of his, him hidden his stride, for lack of a better word. I think, I don't love The Brood, that's my personal opinion, but people out there fucking absolutely love The Brood. For me, he really starts just firing all cylinders around Videodrome, and then, like, this is, like, his second, like, out of the park, home run, touch all the bases.
0: I'm I this to say, is this is so fast.
1: Yeah, no, this movie really... It's like
0: really... 90 minutes!
1: This movie's really really quick it gets you to where it's going real fast and i it, it, so you've seen the original the fly right oh yeah oh yeah big dumb fly head it's so it's a goofy 50s sci-fi movie oh yeah with, that attempts to do like a little bit of pathos i think it starts at the end and if i remember correctly it starts with like, like the the only gore scene in the entire movie is like immediately because <laughs> you're just like wow that guy like really smooshed his head in there huh and then like it kind of works its way backwards i really like the original but this i saw this first because this is like what made like the imprint on the popular culture
0: for sure and i know what you mean
1: yeah this is yeah this is the first uh cronenberg movie i ever saw too
0: Oh be dang. Actually, you know what? It's mine too.
1: I think it's a good entry point into Cronenberg.
0: I think it's the perfect amount because you have just enough in there for like mainstream people. By the way, this is Goldblum's best performance, I think. Without a doubt. Yeah, like this is this is the movie that says short of him lighting a bus full of children on fire, he's gonna work for the rest of his life.
1: Well, they we say that, but
0: this is his Alicia Silverstone Clueless moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't love Jeff Goldblum in anything else. This is like probably the most I like him in anything.
0: Oh, have you seen Life Aquatic?
1: A long, long time ago, Ben.
0: He plays a perfect asshole in that movie.
1: Well, good news is I probably will be forced to watch that again at some uh, point. Uh, wink, uh. wink, nudge, nudge.
0: Now, remember, we've put them off. We got to get that uh, that, that Reichart girl or whatever her name
1: is. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: The opening of this movie is fucking incredible. Like, it's so like, yeah, come on this journey. Like, come see what this guy's done. And it's, it's fucking teleported. It's so simple. And you know what the best part is? The thing you have to worry about at this time is special effects. There's one special effect in this movie, and it's really important. But it's such a simple special effect that, like, it still looks fine by today.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the magic of, like, Cronenberg's style is all of the body horror, it's practical, so it still looks so good.
0: Oh, man, the fly looks amazing. Also, a friend of mine was like, he's so cute at that stage where he gets to full fly, and I'm like, is he? And I watched I'm like, you know what, he kind of is cute.
1: I mean, they make as cute as a fly could look. There's moments where I, I was just like, did David Cronenberg look at someone and be like, can you make him look like a ball sack? And then like they came back and they're like, can you make him look more like a ball sack?
0: <laughs> I think he came to them and was like, he goes, what if ET, but just like really hard to look at, like if he
1: just what what, a- if,
0: what if burn victim ET and they're like, oh that's dark, David, and he goes, yeah I know, that's my vision.
1: Take a ET toy, throw it in the microwave for about a couple seconds on high, of course. And then whatever we get, we get. That's what we're doing.
0: Yeah. So Goldblum plays this scientist. And man, another thing Gina Davis was in every fucking movie at this time. Mm-hmm. Like, she was huge. Goldblum plays the scientist named Seth Brundle. By the way, perfect fucking name, too.
1: It, you kind of realize that, like, oh. Seth Brundle. Ugh, what an ugly name.
0: Interesting. Is the, uh, this... Oh, look, there's a subtitle. The Fly, Death of a Science Fiction Fighter. Okay, yeah. Oh, no. Seth Brundle's not making it to the end of this movie.
1: Do you know uh, anything about The Fly? You know Seth Brundle is not making it very far in this movie? Yeah,
0: it's so true. He tells her, like, come take a look at this thing. And he... Fuck it. I'll say this. I don't know if he's intentionally trying to do it, but he's, like, almost kind of seducing her with this. It's... It's really cute, thing? is the thing. Like, it's so charming, actually.
1: I don't know if he's trying to seduce her. I, I think he's just I like, I have is. this cool thing I want to show this lady. And it might be more sed- seditious than that, but, like, I don't think Brundle.
2: Oh, no, I, he's don't, I don't think it
1: is. Understands, like, his. Like, what? I think he's just like, the first couple of scenes, he's like, no, I just want to show someone this fucking cool thing I can do. And I think he kind of realizes, like, oh, no, I think Keenan Davis is, like, into me. And that's, like, when he proposes, like, the whole book thing. And so, yeah, I don't know if he's, like, trying to pick someone up. I think he's just, like, I've invented something pretty fucking cool. (laughs) And I just want to show some people.
0: I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think what you're saying is absolutely valid. My whole contention with it is... I don't think he is nefarious. Like, there's that moment at the beginning. She goes, you don't get out a lot, do you? And he just has, like, this real, like, almost moment of panic. He goes, you can tell that? Like, but he's so, like, he's almost kind of doing, like, Asperger's. Like, if you notice it. Like, he,
1: yeah, I, you could like, probably make an there's argument. Almost, but... like,
0: there's almost, like, this, this, like, simple genius to him is what it is. Like, he's really brilliant, but, like, social cues are something that are kind of a mystery to him.
1: We could make an argument that seth brundle is probably on the autism spectrum yeah i think when he becomes the fly he uh, he is he's it's he knows uh, he's a bad guy
0: oh yeah no no he even says it like like everything he's doing is like to try to prevent it one of my favorite deli- actually he delivers do you want to talk about a great moment of acting jeff goldblum when she takes the stocking out she goes i don't get it and he goes he goes of course you do you just can't handle it like your brain is just not ready. Yeah, like like he goes, he goes, like it's But but he's not mean about it. He's like he goes, he goes. Of course you get it. He goes, your brain just can't handle it at this moment. Like he's so nice about it, and like he's developed teleportation. Like, and by the way, it's kind of adorable that it's because he gets carsick.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I don't know. I think it's kind of it's kind of funny that he gets carsick. It's dork. He's, he's such a, big a dork. dork. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's a big dork, but he's so charming though.
1: My favorite thing is that the movie recognizes how weird Jeff Goldblum looks, and I think they're like, it kind of makes sense that he would turn into the fly, because like you're like, look at this like weird face, like look at this very weird expressive face, just get turned into something fucking just monstrous.
0: My wife loves him.
1: I understand when people find him attractive. I just think he's got a weird looking face. Like you no,
0: just... he's he's weird looking as the day is long. Yeah. But like he's almost like. If you took the Steve Buscemi doll out of the microwave 15 seconds earlier, <laughs> like he's just a little more handsome than Steve Buscemi, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: So Steve Buscemi is like if it, what would happen if like a like a pug was an actor. Jeff Goldblum is somewhere between a pug, who, and pug, a pug. who
0: ran into those yeah. towers on 9-11, You son of a bitch, you leave Steve <laughs> Buscemi alone. I just said he was a horror show to look at. That's no, true. No, I mean no. You no. you're attacking He's, his you attacking his credo. I mean I see what you're.
1: Steve Buscemi's great. I love Steve
0: Buscemi. I know we all love Steve Buscemi. Who, uh,
1: who says anything bad about Steve Buscemi? Point them Steve, out to me, and this, I will fight them.
0: So, like, she shows it to her, and, like, she starts to document him. But, I mean, like, she at first wants to take the tape away. And, by the way, you want to talk about a certain special effect that hasn't held up? Mm-hmm. John Getz. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is John Getz doing in this movie? Yes.
2: I should have known it. What are you doing here? I followed you. Psychology today, my ass. You stayed with Brundle all night. Why didn't I believe you, I wonder? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he'd look great in this. Don't you? Hm? Yeah. I mean, for your Time magazine
0: cover, you've got to look good, right?
2: Don't you get it? I am finally onto something that's big. Huge.
0: Yeah? What? His cock?
2: Crude, status. Very crude. Too perfect to believe. You're a goddess. Thank you for making my most paranoid fantasies come true. I don't have to report to you, you creep! Ronnie!
0: You've got to talk to me!
2: I don't have to do anything. We're finished, remember? I'll spend the night anywhere I damn well please. Sorry. Uh, I'll take this
1: too. He's a fucking cartoon character. He is all over the shop, and I love it. I was in the neighborhood. It felt a little scummy. He's such a scumbag. And I'm like, why movie she go back kind to of... him? Cause like, I think, okay. So here's headcanon time. I don't think Gina Davis has many friends in the city. I think this is like one of her first jobs mm. and she knows him and she just sort of, I don't think she goes back to him. I don't, I think they still are just friends. Like, I don't think there's any sexual tension by the end of the movie, but I think it's like, While this guy I was seeing became a fucking fly. Yeah. I need someone to handle
0: yeah so she tells her boss who's this guy hey John Getz, let me run this story about this guy being fly he's like it's a it's a fake it, like the guy doesn't the guy doesn't like teleport himself it's an act he goes I've seen this it's the line from Kramer he goes Harry Blackstone did that did that magic trick with two goats and a handkerchief I've seen it and like he doesn't believe it Jeff Goldblum comes to her and says hey why don't you document it we can prove it because it'll end with me teleporting myself and proving we can do it with human matter mm-hmm by the way, they're eating burgers, and she goes, can't be worse than this, and it's like, I think he found the most gross-looking cheeseburger I've ever seen, because I'm like, you know what? That
1: is pretty gross. I think Cronenberg has a, a fascination with just meat. Like, just like just like oh, meat products and like the flesh.
0: There's a line coming up in this movie, where I swear to you, like I tell you, they had just went from six to midnight. When he says to him, he goes, I couldn't get the computer to read the flesh. I swear to God, Cronenberg's like, yes. <laughs> So he starts to document it, and they uh, they send an ape through, and it goes good, sort of. I mean, it well, goes good if it goes good if you hate baboons. If
1: you I don't guess. like, if you don't like, if you don't like baboons.
0: <laughs> if you think it... baboons are the deer of Africa, then you are on a right track with this movie.
1: <laughs> that baboon got inside outed, in that a way is that is, is so uh, gross. distressing. I was,
0: there, I was sitting there eating a McDonald's egg McMuffin, and I was like, nah. Nah. <laughs> Push it
1: to the side.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Cronenberg. I only had two more to go. Uh,
1: that reminds me of when I was watching uh, in a Year with Thirteen Moons, and I was eating dinner, and it just cuts to like a five-minute scene of just like of just like processing oh. like dead cow corcus- uh, oh. carcasses for meat, like b- slaughterhouses. And I was like, okay, so I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's fun while it lasted, this me eating this, uh, this fucking frozen pizza, but yeah. good things got to come to an end, you know?
0: Yeah, I know how
1: you feel. So he, Inside Out's a bad mood. One morning yes. over a steak breakfast, which Jesus Christ. No, no, Christ. They're,
0: they're, ma- they're making love. They're making love, and he's like, and he's like, hold on, I have an idea, because she brings up something about steak. It is cute how she kind of helps him. Like, she's almost Marie Curie to his, whoever the person Marie Curie helped. I, I don't know. See? That's how you've won Marie Curie. People remember your name. Well,
1: no. Marie Curie d- did a lot. She wasn't I, just I, a I don't helper. Know.
0: I don't know. Okay. I don't she, know. Then give me a better. She, battle. like,
1: helped invent it.
0: Okay. Then help. Then, well, yeah, Jeannie Davis kind of does. No,
1: but, like, she was also a scientist. <laughs> Okay, well, then give me someone more adequate to it. What do you want? I don't know. I don't now, know, totally Ben. I don't want to go down this under corridor. Pressure, huh? I don't want to go down this corridor. Okay, you know who she
0: is? You know who Gina Davis is?
1: She's Gina Davis.
0: Gina Davis. Well, she is Gina Davis. Thank you. Yes, we have established that. Gina Davis is the woman cop in memoir- Memoirs of of Murder who talks about the song and, like, it's kind of waved off, it feels like to me.
1: She's the one that kind of, like, says something and he's like, oh.
0: Yeah, he's, he's like, like,
1: huh, and then yeah, they, but they they have a steak dinner, right? Where he uses the steaks.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he he goes, taste this one, and she goes, it's it's fine. He goes, she goes, nothing really dressed up. He goes, taste this one. She tastes it, and she goes, oh, that tastes artificial.
1: Because it's using like a synthetic version of whatever to make to like, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the
1: problem with yeah. the, the, the teleporter is that it has to break you down on a molecular level and then put you back together. And what it was happening is it would break you down and then just not know how to put you back together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it would it just made these horrible abominations.
0: Yeah, that poor that poor baboon. He
1: got and like I said, he got inside at it. That's like the fourth time I made that joke.
0: Yeah, it really is. All the characters uh, from Inside Out just came and stabbed him to death. That's what that means, right?
1: Well, you know, The Simpsons at the end of that one uh, triassic horror where they become <laughs> one Inside Out?
0: Singular sensation. Yeah,
1: where you have that gas that turns people Inside Out. That's sort of what happened to that well,
0: movie. I know what the song is that we're going to play at the end. <laughs> yeah, he gets it Inside Out, and then he figures it out, and he sends the other monkey through. The other monkey seems fine, and she's like, Oh my God, you did it. Like, you can teleport yourself. He's like, We're going to send the monkey for tests. And then she kind of like, Takes off and like he he kinda goes through like this like bad phase and like she also gets confronted by her ex-boyfriend. Well, by the way, who the scene in the department store. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. That happened earlier. But what happens is John gets like slipped a thing for his magazine under yes, the door. That's right. And Gina Davis is like, Well, I'm gonna go fucking talk to him and yell at him. And Jeff Goldblum thinks that they're, like, getting back together, like, because, like, they're ex-boyfriend, and so he's drinking, and he's like, they're probably sleeping together, might as well try the telepod out for myself. Bada bing, bada boom, flies in the teleporter, and he, his DNA, as we learn, it merged with the fly's genes here's, and his body type, and... It,
0: here's my so question, here's my question. Do you think because of the size of a fly to the size of a human, it shouldn't be as bad as it is?
1: Well, no, because I think what happens is it's a slow breakdown of human DNA and it's a slow melting of the human DNA with the fly DNA. So it's like a very slow breakdown of him slowly becoming the fly. I think in reality, what would have happened, I mean, (laughs) this movie's very soft (laughs) sci-fi... In reality, he probably would have just immediately turned into the fly. Like, it wouldn't have been like a slow thing. Cause I think in the original, it's also a slow thing. Like, he, like, his hand becomes a fly hand. And, well, yeah, like, that's his, the best his part. His head about becomes it. a fly hand. That's
0: why, that's why you, that's why it's the best part of it is, Like, it's the slow build to it. Like, every time. I, I think, I think, Del, I think Del Toro said this best. He goes, the best part was, was every time you'd go back, you'd be like, okay, how much worse is he gonna be? Yeah. Like, and, he's absolutely right. Like, it's like, it becomes. And I think, actually, I think this is the same thing. I think Del Toro also said, like, Cronenberg has such a respect for the decay of the flesh. That's what makes this movie so good.
1: It's not respect. It is uh, deep understanding and fear. Or admiration for it, maybe. (laughs) So this movie, I think, is very clearly 1986. I think it's very clearly tied, whether it be intentional or unintentional, to the AIDS epidemic. Like, come on, obviously. And I think the slow decay is, like, tied kind of with that around the time of the start of the production of this film i think cronenberg lost like both of his parents to like different forms of cancer i think that has a big part of it but like you get gina davis like in the back half when she realizes that she's pregnant which i think is the next little chunk of the movie where she's like i don't want it in me and i'm like big and big hiv vibes off this one
0: oh yeah i thought the same thing too also It's not great being in a time where, like, you have to be worried about things entering your body to see that scene. Also, I will say this, though. I appreciate a man who puts aside something that he clearly wanted to do and took up something that he needed to do. And that's Mr. David Cronenberg for this moment. David Cronenberg always wanted to be a gynecologist. And he set it aside because he knew he had to make great movies for all of us. And he got to live that fantasy in that gynecology dream sequence. I'm so proud of him.
1: I mean, fucking Dead Ringers, isn't that about, like, two gynecologists? I think it
0: is. Oh, my God. Have we stumbled onto something?
1: I think it's a weird runner, yeah.
0: I love gynecology. I think it's the most natural profession you can be in. You're like, David Cronenberg, I asked him what his favorite time of the year was, and he just went off, like...
1: I think what actually happened is I think David Cronenberg was like, I need someone who's able to run this prop in a very specific way. Fuck it, I'll do it. Interesting. Like, I don't want... Because, like, someone has to be, like, between this person's legs, like, whoever the stand-in was for Gina Davis, and also run this prop. And so, like, I'm assuming that, like, he was just like, okay, well, the person who would probably make the person feel most comfortable is me and I could run the prop. And if I fuck it up, it's, it's my fault and it's my movie. So like, yeah, that's fair. Just let me do it. I'm not sure if that's the actual decision-making, but like, I when think I it's saw actually it, was, like, the one yeah, I said about him boring. wanting
0: to be, wanting to be a gynecologist.
1: Did he actually really want to be a gynecologist? No, I is think that really...
0: that's just, I just think that's really funny. If okay. He, if that was the premise. He's like, he goes, he goes, finally, I get to live that dream for if not a day. But yeah, when they pull that scene out, you're like, Oh God, like,
1: I think there's a dream sequence that was longer that was also cut. Oh. Where it's like it's like that it's that like thing like slowly turning into like a fly and a giant magnet. I think there's like a longer version of it.
0: Fascinating. I do like that he gets to do the gross out stuff. Also, (laughs) Jeff Goldblum breaks a man's arm and it's the most horrifying Oh, it's so so gross it's so gross.
1: I was like, oh hey hey there, Rorschach, how we doing? Take me there? (laughs) that whole like bar stuff and the character of tawny i'm just like i don't i don't you don't need this but like i'm glad it's here but you don't need it Uh, i don't know maybe maybe you do maybe you need to see like how much of a dickhead he's becoming
0: i get i guess uh um (laughs) i i i i I do not know i am not 100 percent sure on that one yeah i don't know so i mean like and he gets worse and worse and it just oh
1: well, at first, like, with is any sort Is it all because
0: of... he laid on that microchip?
1: No. I think what happens is at... F- I think it could also... You could also make a parable to, like, drug use. Because at first, he's faster and stronger and feels more vital and stays up late and is talking really fast. And... Then slowly the horrors begin to take in and his body begins to break down and he begins to kind of like lose his mind a little bit and he goes out and he likes does self-destructive things like starting like an arm wrestling competition, breaking that guy's hand, stealing their girl, doing really weird shit. (laughs) Like the line the line where he
0: says, You wanna go through, you'll feel sexy, and she's like, No, please don't.
1: Yeah. It's 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 not good.
0: I didn't know this is where Be Very Afraid came from.
1: Be Afraid, Be Very Afraid?
0: Yeah, G- yeah. Gina Davis gets off that line. I was like, is that where that's from?
1: I guess. I always thought it was like Aliens or like Alien 3 or whatever. I don't know. No, but that's yeah, in maybe Space the Space Space one can,
0: Yeah, it's so weird. I was like, wow, weird. By the way, you want to talk about a guy who should have done an Aliens movie, David Cronenberg.
1: He would have made a really fucking weird one.
0: Yeah, but it would have been worth it.
1: So yeah, he like does all that weird stuff with the bar. It's not great. No. Um, the microchip stuff. He sits on a microchip, and I think what happens is the fly begins like producing like hairs and like stuff to like cover it up. I don't know. It's really weird. Really, just upsetting.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Upsetting um, is what it is.
1: Very fucking upsetting. And then, yeah, Gina Davis is preggers, worried that she's going to have a weird giant maggot baby, wants to get an abortion, but Brundle finds out, kidnaps her, takes her back to the lab, and then you have a final scene where he melts John Guest's hand and feet with his digestive enzymes, which is the grossest sentence I think I've ever said.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not the worst thing John Guest says in the two movies that these that are set in this universe, but yeah, it's it's pretty bad. And uh, you feel bad because you want him to find a cure, but it just it's never gonna happen.
1: Yeah. And you kinda realize that like the only way for him to get better is for him to like permanently ruin and like maim Gina Davis or John Getz. And like you're like, that's not good. I don't I don't want that to happen. And so John Getz has a shotgun.
0: By the way, real Jennifer Jason Lee Locker open moment here.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Let us just say, for example, that this woman, Gina Davis, was Naomi. And you were you, and you two had had a maybe parting of the ways, but you still wanted to help her out. Or whatever the John Getz's motivations are to get her back, who knows. Wouldn't you show up there with the gun already assembled? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. It's a real locker leaving open i'm like i'm like dude that dude's somewhere on a wall like maybe have that shit ready to go
1: yeah like you're in the car gina davis is driving you're in the backseat like putting it together
0: yeah you don't do it in the apartment do it outside of the apartment for Christ's sakes anywhere yeah like just not in the same place he could be
1: oh god the scene where they rip his jaw off is uh yeah yeah he shoots the kid thing that connects the telepods he gets sent to a different telepod. He gets like fused into the, a different telepod. He
0: gets fused into the broken telepod. Yeah. Yeah, and he becomes and
1: then, like half broken telepod, half fly thing, and.
0: Half, well, well, it's it's a man bear pig situation. It's yeah. It's, it's a man. It's a man fly pod. Or right,
1: he's one third man, one third fly, one third pod, and it's not. No, no,
0: he, no, no. He's half man, half fly, half
1: pod, and uh, one third improper fraction.
0: Exactly. So yeah, and then he just is like, "Kill me."
1: He doesn't say anything. He just takes his like little weird claw and like grabs the shotgun looks and like so puts good. it to its head, and it's just like, "Yeah, there's no yeah, coming it. back from that."
0: It's so good. Oh, it's a good ending. Yeah, it is, and it, and it perfect... just kind of ends, and it's yeah.
1: It's a perfect way to end. This just perfect little movie. You don't need any. You don't really want to see anymore. You're like, I'm perfectly fine. It's very good. Three years later, for some reason, Brooks Films decided to produce a sequel without David Cronenberg's involvement, and you got Fly 2. Yeah, and just not very good.
0: Welcome to Thunderdome, motherfucker. You put this up here for me to be able to watch. Yeah, Fly 2. I want to say this. I don't hate the idea of expanding this universe. The problem is all they do is remake The Fly. Like, it's the same fucking movie.
1: They literally
0: get the girl from Spaceballs, who now now that I know who produced The Fly makes a lot of sense, now that I'm saying it out loud.
1: Yeah. It's produced by Brooks Film. Um, Mel Brooks producing... produced
0: The Fly. That's so well, funny.
1: Brooks Film produced a lot of... 80s horror movies like kind of big budget like produced like The Elephant Man and The Fly and like what would now be considered like elevated horror quote unquote I don't know if that Elephant Man like counts as horror but you know it's I it's, think horror it's I think it's
0: I think it's gothic horror almost yeah. like it's like it's almost like true horror
1: and he wanted a sequel and he literally said the point of a sequel is to essentially make the same film Oh my <laughs> and god and David Cronenberg so is. is like I'm going to walk and yeah. The the thing about The Fly 2 I find so interesting is it's written by Mick Karras and Frank Darabon. stars like this? Yeah. That makes and a lot of stars sense. stars Eric Stoltz. Eric what Stoltz. A, what yeah. a weird cast of characters.
0: Also, it ends happy. Kind of.
1: Sort of. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not if you're that executive guy.
1: No. Some people get melted. It's, you know
0: it is it's not very good
1: i i'm not not. saying it's a good movie you know what?
0: the worst thing is they lie to you because the poster shows a child in front of it so you're like okay it's gonna be a child the whole movie when that was happening i was excited and all of a sudden i'm like the fuck is eric stoltz why are they giving him a medal i'm like oh he's the stupid kid he's growing at a fast rate right yeah like the other part of it is uh you know what it's because i have a better idea
1: you have a better idea
0: i do you take the fly and you have the government get a hold of the telepod thing and they know all about the fly stuff and they create, they start trying to create human hybrids with flies, like to like serve in the military and you call it fly Two fly boys. What do you think?
1: All right. So we're going to, we're going to change the name. Uh, I have a better, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm just working off what you're saying. Just going to work off what your idea is instead of a fly. Yeah. What if it was anything what else? If, what if wasps? What if oh. wasps? Yeah, half wasp, <laughs> half man hybrid. I mean, I just, could, in my head, he I'd shoot, for some reason. He
0: could shoot wasp stingers out of his hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then you have a what? hero that the city of I think Chicago doesn't only need, but it deserves.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on, hold on. All right, we're, we're running on a straight thought. We're running on a straight thought. Okay, okay, okay. All Instead right. of a wasp, hear me out.
0: Yeah.
1: What about, what about an ant? What There's if we so have an ant man situation? who's an
0: ant. Stop, stop, wait to get there. No, 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 no,
1: no. Get it back to the drama boy. I got another idea, I got another idea. I got another okay. I got another idea. Don't do it.
0: Don't
1: yeah, do it. Don't no. You know where I'm going. <laughs> Don't you do
0: it.
1: Don't do it. <laughs> Instead of an ant. You know, you 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 figured this out. <laughs> Don't
0: do it. What did you say? It? I'll end the podcast right now. <laughs>
1: what if there was a zebra? <laughs> you son of a bitch. That's not what I thought it was. Zebra man.
0: <laughs> not a spider, huh? Not a. Sp-
1: no, no. Okay, all right. All right. I'm trying, I, you know, no, no, go. no! Zebra is so much. What about a bat? So what funnier?
0: about a bat? Let's... <laughs> no, no! Zebra is so much funnier. Okay. Because the whole time okay. I'm just like, I'm like, he's gonna say spider, of course he is. I
1: thought you thought it's such a, a bat? <laughs>
0: such a bizarre movie, and the fly two is not very good. It's no, that's the worst part it's about not... it. It's just like you're just like fuck! It's the same movie. Do something new with it. Have them seriously try to make hybrid animals with people. Then you got a Dr. Moreau situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that Dr. Murrow situation. I think the problem with, and hear me out with this, I think the problem with The Fly 2 is that it is kind of mostly pretty boring. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like
1: they were just like, well, we're just going to remake The Fly, but just kind of worse in every aspect you can imagine you're not wrong. I still think it's kind of interesting. I think it has some ideas of like okay, we'll do the kid and the I guess the horror is that he ages really quick, but the problem is that it's it just doesn't really work very well. It's yeah. I think it's fine if you go in with low expectations, but I think other than that, you're kind of you don't need to, you don't need to watch the fly too.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's not great. Here's my other question. What would you pair the fly with?
1: Well, can I say the original fly? Yeah, you can if you want. Yeah. I think I think they make a a cracker double header because the original fly I think I think the original fly's ending is so good and such a fucking weird way to end a movie.
0: Isn't it the help me.
1: It's it's him saying, "Help me, help me." And then Vincent Price like smushes it with a rock. Do you know what the funnier ending
0: is? Yeah. Do you remember when Bart goes through the machine? Yeah. in the simpsons and he's doing that same thing and then he'd go sucker and just slaps the spider like three times and then yeah he just, like flies off so you would pair it with the original fly
1: i think it works with the original fly pretty well I, I don't think the original fly is like the perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination but i think it's fun whereas i think you when you watch the original the fly or the new the fly you're like man this one fucking slaps
0: absolutely what do you give this movie though what do you what do you rate this
1: I mean come on, what are we talking about? It's a five. Yeah, it's exactly it. It is a five. <laughs> this is a perfect movie. There's yeah, like no, no. wasted motions in the movie. Like 95
0: it's like ninety five minutes. It asks yeah. nothing of you.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you could make it like the it feels sort of like a like a stage play. Like there's like four or five sets, you know, it's mostly Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum and John Getz, and like that's it. And it's yeah. like feels so stripped down and it's it like ninety minutes long. It's it's it's, it's perfect.
0: You gotta wonder like what they gave him for. Actually, I'm I'm curious to know if we. I
1: think it was like six million, and then like the marketing budget kind of ballooned it to like fifteen.
0: What did it make? Is the question.
1: Sixty, I think. Oh uh, wow! This is Zoe, all off the top Zoe, of my head.
0: So it did really well. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I mean yeah, it's a five. Well, get them all checked out next week. Customer would like us to present them with two comedies.
1: Two comedies that you're worried might not have might not hold up.
0: Yes, they want two comedies, Tyler, but they also want to show their kids that certain things were okay at one point, but, but are not okay today. These are very woke parents who are coming Jeez. in.
1: That's uh, what the what the fuck? You want me to pick yeah. the Soul Man? What are we doing?
0: But well, I mean, if you want to pick the Soul Man, but like these I'm not are two comedies. The these are two comedies <laughs> that you enjoy, Tyler. That you're maybe a little afraid might not have held up. So you're trying to give them something positive, but you're also you're also a little worried that they might not hold up. So, what are they? (laughs)
1: The first one from 1994? 95? Kevin Smith's follow-up to his Smash, Sensation, Clerks, and, of course, Mallrats. Ooh! And then, from 2004, a movie starring Vince Vaughn? Or, no, starring Johnny Knoxville? Anyway, it's one of them. It's Dodgeball. (laughs) Starring someone.
0: it's vince johnny knoxville i don't
1: know for a second i was like the giant and
0: knoxville first story. of all and first of all say the correct title dodgeball a true underdog story dodgeball a true
1: underdog story thank you and it's vince vaughn it is vince vaughn right i thought yeah. it was i was like head <laughs> fake vince vaughn like, and ben stiller yeah oh man
0: <laughs> two movies i'm pretty sure i own and two movies i cannot wait wow what a weird common combination
1: i don't know if it's a solid double feature but uh
0: Oh, I disagree. I love Mallrats, and I this is going to be fun, actually. Wow, you picked, like— yeah. So Mallrats and Dodgeball, a true underdog story. What a you, fascinating discussion. I, I think this is very much going to play like you have to watch South Park Bigger, Longer, and Uncut twice.
1: Oh, God. Oh, no.
0: I know. Look what you've doomed yourself to. Oh,
1: boy. Oh uh, Yikes.
0: Interesting. Man, I don't even have to find those movies. I have both of them.
1: I'm uh, pretty sure both are probably.
0: Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah,
1: they're streaming somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Of and it.
0: we're doing the director's cut of Mallrats, right? Yeah,
1: the seven-hour.
0: <laughs> is there a director's cut of Mallrats? I believe there is. I think it's a lot. It's not good. We're not doing the director's cut. Is the idea? No, I no. I um, know. But you guys can follow us at twgtfpod on Twitter. You can. Follow me at ET Critic for the Empty Theater Critic. Tyler, is there anything
1: you wanna plug? Skate three. It's a good game.
0: Skate three?
1: Yeah, they're making a new one. So I've been playing a lot of skate three <laughs> okay. recently. Okay.
0: Weird weird i don't think we've mentioned skating once in this and uh, we all love a good skate and we all love a good yeah. ice skate with our partner but
1: i don't know what no, you're no, talking skate, about skate i don't know what
0: that is that sounds like some criminal activity okay, so you get a
1: you get a wooden board and got okay, four I, wheels okay thank you thank you
0: and for twgtf two white guys talking film i've of course been your host ben
1: and i am a water buffalo bad water things are about to happen to me
0: <laughs> water
1: buffalo It's 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 what they sacrifice in Apocalypse. Do you not watch Apocalypse now? I did. They sacrifice a water buffalo? When he killed Marlon
0: Brando, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. No, that's going to sound good when I edit all that. Fuck. That's right. Oh, I will. Oh, that'll go right after. And remember, Tyler, your mission is to proceed up the podcast river. There you're going to meet up with Colonel Ben, get to his position, and then you're going to podcast with him.
1: Saigon.
0: Podcast with extreme prejudice.
1: Fucking Call of Duty ass narration. Just two white guys talking film.
2: afraid
1: be very afraid i was gonna say my favorite is the psycho remake i just love what gus manzand did with it making psycho but dumber was just like a visionary effort yeah see see your silence says a lot about what's currently happening
0: (laughs) i mean like i mean like it's it's almost too avant-garde of a joke to be (laughs) funny like because you're just like fuck you but like at the same time you're just like uh like you almost don't know if you're supposed to uncomfortably laugh out loud or, like, kind of spit in the person's face. Like, yeah. that's how I feel about that joke.
2: Somehow I get the feeling you don't get out much. You can tell that?
1: <laughs> we, we I
2: can't.
0: got so excited. I thought First Cow was available for rent on Amazon. It is. It I is? Mean,
1: it, it's available. It's on VOD right now. Is it? Yeah. I don't know if oh, it's through shit. Amazon. I think you might have to go to A24. But, yeah, it's it's out. Oh, shit. Have you watched it? I'm going to watch it soon.
0: Okay. Maybe we should uh, do a very special in theaters.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I would love that because there's a distinct possibility that it is too slow for men.
0: No, no, how dare you? How dare you? I've sat through certain women.
1: Hold on. I don't know. I think it, it, I don't know. I love Kelly Reichert, but she does not make a. She's not make quick movies. She makes oh, really I know slow. That. I know
0: that, but I know what I'm getting into this time. You you caught me with certain women. It won't happen again. Like
1: what I suggest is afternoon, drink some green tea, close the blinds, make it dark wherever you watch movies, smoke a half a joint, and then turn first cow on. You'll be in the perfect mood.
0: Tyler, I'm in jail. I, I kind of did the opposite. I mainlined, co- I mainlined cocaine. I uh, I punched a hole in the wall. And uh, I watched the movie with my hand bleeding. So uh, I'm going down pretty quick, buddy. <laughs> I also did six picklebacks during it, too. I got to tell you, that yeah, cow I scene just, is pretty wild.
1: I just remember you, I forget what episode, but there was a moment where you were like trying to do something. And it was just like, oh, no, Ben's baiting fast. Tyler's got to end the show <laughs>
0: That's Silence of the Lambs and Glengarry Glen (laughs) Ross.
1: You (laughs) hit the hardest wall I've ever heard
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah, it hurts so bad.
2: Yeah, but they're not working on something. that will change the world as we know it.
1: They say they are.
2: Yeah, but they're lying. I'm not.
0: You know what? You you can wave off that vacation one if you want. I'm going to cut this, but you can wave off that vacation one. Pick whatever you want for that one. Sad bastard Tyler movies if you want. Like, I don't care. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> if you want i'm saying you can still do the vacation if you want but i'm just saying like
1: what was the vacation you you're going on a vacation right
0: yeah and i told you like I'm, I'm pretty much doing a staycation so okay i said like hey one week if you want to do vacation movies for this week it would it would blend in nicely
1: got it all right sad bastard tyler movies
0: you like that huh
1: a little bit i think it's pretty funny
0: it's it's that line from um from high fidelity okay dude just go ahead and put on some old sad bastard music, see if I give a shit. And he's like, I don't want to listen to old sad bastard music, Barry. I just want something I can ignore. And he goes, hey, I made that tape special for you. But yeah, put on some old sad bastard movies, Tyler. See if I care. can't just believe it. Seventh Seal I... starts rolling.
1: <laughs> I would never put on the Seventh Seal. I'd put you. on The Passion of Anna.
0: Oh my God, what is that?
1: Much sadder and much weirder. All
0: of a sudden, Killing of a Chinese Bookie has a contender for um, for most art house title, The Passion of Anna. You're like, hmm.
1: The Passion that of Anna. Movie, is...
0: That movie cost $4,000. <laughs> it
1: and cost a little bit more than that, I think. Okay, but yeah. Well,
0: my point still stands.
1: <laughs> Good movie. Max von Sydow's in it.
0: Oh, there you go. Oh, it's me, Max von Sydow.
1: R.I.P., by the way.
0: Yes. Yes, I died.
1: I'm Man, he got heaven. out at like the, the, the perfect time.
0: I'm up in heaven now with I'm Werner out. Herzog.
1: Right, Werner Herzog is still alive. You take yes, that back. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. But he can go between worlds.
1: <laughs> I believe that.
0: <laughs> Those dogs are not happy with whatever's going on. <laughs> they really do not like
1: your Max von Sydow impression.
0: <laughs> it's true. I don't really. Actually, hold on. Actually, I can do. I can do one moment. I can do one Max von Sydow impression. Do you remember when Leonardo DiCaprio turns the corner and runs into him in Shutter Island, like right before he sticks him with the needle? Yes. All right, ready. Going somewhere? That's it. That's all I can do.
1: I love his. I love his American accent. It's like, it's it's good, but you're also like, uh, you could you could work on that a little bit harder. Well, he
0: like Leo even calls him out and he goes, and you're hitting the R's a little too hard. hmm So let's see. Wait, come here. You, what about your stock? Keep it for good luck.